Welcome back. Fourth hour of the program. How we looking? Bill taking off just a little bit early. He's got to attend to some business up in Chippewa Falls this evening. He's got a cigar dinner. And I know the people of Chippewa Falls, and I'm assuming Eau Claire and Altoona, Fall Creek, the whole Chippewa Valley up there, excited to see Bill. Chippewa Falls has as high of a participation rate as any town that size in the state. Uh, when we get tweets and we get calls and emails and comments, Chippewa Falls is just a vocal, vocal sports community, especially on my show from four to six. I host the Wisco Sports Show, and we got a couple, we got a handful of callers from Chippewa, routine, everyday callers from Chippewa Falls. We got Mike from Chippewa Falls, who I know Mike is a big Clem head, self-proclaimed, a big Mike Clemens fan. Uh, and we're going to talk with Mike Clemens at some point in the next 15 minutes. He's going to join us. We're going to get the latest from what's going on in Green Bay, hear from him and, and the conversations that he's had with some players. And we already heard earlier today from Carrington Valentine. It's Carrington Valentine season. And not just Valentine, but players like Carrington Valentine. Guys who might have been fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. Guys that might have been undrafted or an international signing, for example. This is the time of year where we focus on players like that players that we might not have heard of just a couple weeks ago or before the draft. And Mike is so good at giving us the story of these players and taking a player like Carrington Valentine, again, who is a later round draft selection out of Kentucky. We heard his story earlier today. Mike can tell a story and fill in the blanks of some of these players who are on the roster and competing for spots, but maybe we don't know their story. We don't know much about them. And that's really helpful. That's really additive to the sports watching experience, especially in the preseason. Right. And Mike explained us uh, to us last week that these joint practices are for the players that have a roster spot locked up. These preseason games often are for players on the roster bubble, a player like Carrington Valentine. And how much more fun is it to watch a player like Carrington Valentine uh, or players like him when we know their story and we've heard what they're about and we kind of are familiar with the way in which they got to be a member of the Green Bay Packers and came up through the NFL draft. So that, that just adds a lot to the preseason watching experience when we feel like we know these guys' story just a little bit. And Mike is so good at telling those stories. So we'll connect with Mike at some point here in the next 15 minutes. I know his schedule's in and out of the locker room. Hold on, I was just talking to Mark Murphy. Give me two minutes. It's like, yeah, Mike, Jesus, take all, take all the time you need. You're interviewing Packers players, for God's sake. 608-321-1670 if you'd like to join in the meantime, this could be Mike earlier. It could be a caller. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the Bill Michaels Show. Who's this? Packers and Bill Michaels up. Bill Michaels? What did he do to you? Is this you, Brett? I thought we were going to have a conversation. All right. Packers and Bill Michaels suck. Well, I thought Bill was cooking today at a level I haven't heard in a couple of weeks. And I think it was because Colin Cowherd came up. <laughs> Sometimes Bill just needs someone to spar against. We need to get Bill riled up more often, I think. He was going in on Colin and Colin's take about uh, Jordan Love. And if you missed that, I'm sure you saw it on social media at some point. I can play for you a chunk of what Colin had to say. I think it's important because I, I think Colin is, in in saying what he's saying about Jordan Love, defining his expectations for Jordan Love, defining uh, what he believes to be true about Jordan Love. And I think that's important for Packers fans to do, I think that's important for everybody to do in life and in, in, in work, in your friendships and everything, is you need to define your expectations, right? What are you expecting? Because only then we can decide 
this met our expectations, exceeded. Otherwise, we're never going to be happy. And that's true in sports as well. Here's Colin Cowherd talking a little bit about Jordan Love. You might have heard this, but for those of you who didn't. Less than seven yards per completion, less than five yards per attempt. What am I supposed to make of it? Well, I make of it the biggest throw of the game, clean pocket, wide open tight end, and he not only missed it, he missed it badly. Bro, it's year four in the NFL. That's a layup. That's bad. I know you say, well, what about this and what about that? They're hand-holding him. That is a third down, clean pocket, bad miss for a college quarterback. He is what I was told throughout the offseason I thought he would be. He's a game manager. Let's talk about that idea of a game manager just a little bit. And by the way, that was a bad miss for a college quarterback. Yeah, I agree. But Aaron Rodgers missed a bunch of those throws last year. You know, think back to the Titans game on third and seven. Got Lazard over the middle. Hits him in the feet or throws it over his head. And I'm not ripping on Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers made a bunch of awesome throws last year, too. But there were times because of the thumb injury or because maybe he declined a little bit or because he wasn't on the same page as some of his wide receivers, although that wouldn't necessarily apply with Alan Lazard. Rodgers missed throws last year. A lot of quarterbacks missed throws. It's not like Jordan Love missed one ball on third down, and that's going to define his whole career. I want to talk about the game manager label, the title of, of game manager for Jordan Love. Now, I understand that Colin Coward's kind of coming in hot coming after our guy, saying that he's not special, he's a game manager, he's going to make easy throws, blah, blah, blah. Game manager doesn't necessarily have to be an insult. It can be an insult. It can be a criticism. But for Jordan Love in year one, if he can be an effective game manager, I'll take it. I'll 100% take an effective game manager, at least in his first year. Isn't that what we've been asking for? That's what we've wanted. That's what Packers fans have wanted. For the last two years, all we've said, and I, I hear the calls, I see the tweets, I, you know, now I listen to four hours of Bill every day, so I hear from Bill's listeners too, and I hear what a lot of you are saying. We've just wanted someone that can run Matt LaFleur's offense, right? That's all we want? That's what we want. I just want someone who will run Matt LaFleur's offense. That's what game manager means. You just want someone who will manage the game, right? That's what we've been asking for. So when Colin Coward says, Jordan Love is a game manager. Okay, that's kind of what we've been asking for. That's kind of what we want. Now, ideally, Jordan Love comes in in year one, is a game manager, runs the offense, and then as he comes more comfortable in his career, later on in his first season when he's got some starts under his belt or year two, you know, then we start to see some of those, those special throws that we saw at Utah State and, and that arm talent. We, we see that kind of start to make its way into his game. But if he could just be an effective game manager in his first season, look around the NFC. Hold, hold the phone for a sec. Look around the NFC. Daniel Jones, bit of a game manager. Dak Prescott, very much a game manager. Oh, come on. That's harsh against Dak Prescott. Not when his own coach says it. Mike McCarthy said last year, I got an awesome defense and a great running game. Why would I want to throw the ball more often than I have to? Mike McCarthy has made Dak Prescott a game manager. They won a lot of games that way last year. Jared Goff. Game manager. Kirk Cousins, a high-end game manager, but I think a game manager nonetheless, right? Derek Carr, game manager. Marcus Mariota with the Falcons, game manager. They're going to run the rock a lot in Atlanta, and they're probably not ever going to look that flashy. They're not going to look that special, but they are going to win a certain amount of games just because they can possess the ball, run with uh, Desmond Ritter, and their, their running back selection, Bijan Robinson. They're going to look for Desmond Ritter to be a game manager this year. 
If Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask, whoever wins the job in Tampa, they're going to be a game manager. Seattle with Geno Smith is a bit of a game manager. I think he's a higher-end game manager. That his job is to distribute the ball to Jackson Smith and Jigba and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and, and, and get the ball to the running backs and you know, control the clock. There's a lot of game managers, a lot of game managers in this league, especially in this conference. Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, either one. Maybe both get starts. It seems to be San Francisco's lot in life is they have multiple quarterbacks and they all get hurt and they have to start different ones. They will all be game managers in some form or fashion. And I don't know what Sam Howell is with Washington. We'll see. I don't know what Justin Fields is. I think his ceiling is a little bit higher. He might make the mistakes and throw picks as well. So we'll see with Justin Fields. We'll see with some of these younger guys. But on one hand or two hands, I can count the number of game managers in the NFC. Jordan Love will fit right in. He'll blend right in in this conference. Now, if the Packers were in the AFC, things would be a little bit different. It's a little harder to be a game manager and get by Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers. A lot of special there. And there's a lot of quarterbacks who have something special about them. Josh Allen, unbelievable arm talent, great runner. Aaron Rodgers has won four MVPs, can do a lot of things well. He is for, sh- for sure not a game manager. Uh, look at Lamar Jackson. A lot of special their speed, unbelievable running ability, and I think their passing offense is going to be a little bit better this year uh, in in the year with Todd Monken now as their offensive coordinator. Deshaun Watson, we'll see if he can bounce back to what he used to be, but he used to be pretty darn special. Not a lot of game manager there. Oh, I forgot to mention Joe Burrow. He's pretty good. Good enough to be the number one overall pick. Not much of a game manager there. Anthony Richardson with the Colts. He's going to run. You're going to see a lot of pop. Might not be pretty, but there's certainly upside. There's talent there. He's not a game manager. Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck and one of the best of my lifetimes. Not a lot of game manager there. Justin Herbert, unbelievable arm talent. Patrick Mahomes might go down as the best quarterback to ever play this game. There's a ton of talent in the AFC. In the NFC? It's a lot of higher-end game managers. That's it. That's it. Now, Jalen Hurts is really, really good. I'm interested to see where he goes this year. He was outstanding last year, had a great game in the Super Bowl. Is that who Jalen Hurts is, or did he have a great year with a great roster? We'll see. But Jalen Hurts has the potential to be elite and next level if he continues progressing, other than Jalen Hurts. Point to the elite quarterback in the NFC. Point to the uber-talented, live arm, unbelievable runner, full-package quarterback that does everything and anything. There's not many. There's not many. Dak Prescott, a higher-end game manager. I think Kirk Cousins as well. But there's a lot of game managers in the NFC. Jordan Love would fit right in. And I think in a lot of ways, we've been asking for a game manager the last couple of seasons, right? That's what we've wanted. Now, we haven't used that word. The term game manager, a little bit of a, a dirty expression. It sounds negative. It has a certain connotation. But we've said over and over and over again, we just want someone who will run Matt LaFleur's offense. Kind of means game manager. Kind of means the same thing, doesn't it? Don't you think? It's basically the same thing. So don't get mad when Colin Coward says it. And by the way, Packers fans, let's not get all antsy. Let's not get all defensive. Jordan Love has not played a game yet as the full-time starter of the Green Bay Packers. He could be awesome. And maybe the people who are hating on him and doubting him are wrong. 
But up until now, Jordan Love has not really shown anybody anything to make them believe that he's going to be another Hall of Fame quarterback in this lineage of Green Bay quarterbacks over the last 30 years. Maybe he will be. Maybe Jordan Love's better than Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he's better than Brett Favre. Maybe he's better than Rodgers and Favre put together. Totally could happen. It's a free country. NFL's a crazy sport. Just about anything could happen. But we haven't seen anything from Jordan Love to make us believe that that's going to happen. So, you know, when sports talkers are like, I don't know about this Jordan Love. Of course, I don't know about this Jordan Love guy. I'm a Packers fan. I'm a Packers owner. Technically, I do own stock. I'm an NFL owner. We got to wait until week one. So let's just let's just calm down. We don't need to fight a battle over Jordan Love and what people are saying over him. Now, if you don't like Colin Cowherd, well, then, you know, go off. Colin Cowherd has had plenty of takes over the years. He's been proven right, proven wrong. Like any sportscaster. 608-321-1670. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Dalvin Cook signed with the Jets last night, and I saw a picture that the NFL account tweeted with Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Dalvin Cook, and Aaron Rodgers. And it's like, look at this offense. Who's stopping this offense? You always see those pictures, right? Who's stopping this team? Which is a really clever, slick way that these you know brands use to get interaction on their tweet because when you ask who's stopping this team, we then look to answer that question, whether it's genuine or whether it's sarcastic, we are engaging with that content. So it's going to blow up. It's going to gain traction. I don't think that this Jets offense is that great. I don't think Dalvin Cook is that good anymore. Brees Hall is awesome, but he's coming off a massive, massive knee injury as a rookie. He's basically starting from scratch. I really like Garrett Wilson, but he's a second year player and he's playing with Aaron Rodgers now for the first time. Garrett Wilson could be unbelievable, but you know who else is unbelievable? Tyreek Hill, who's in the same division, and Stephon Diggs, who's in the same division, and Jalen Waddell, who's in the same division, George Pickens, who's in the same conference, right? Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, who are in the same conference. It's a really talented league, and I, I just don't think it's as simple as, we'll put Aaron Rodgers with Garrett Wilson, and that's an elite, well, I don't know. Can he be the number one guy on a contending team? Now, I pointed out that uh, Aaron Rodgers with Garrett Wilson, Dalvin Cook, and Brees Hall is pretty similar to Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and A.J. Dillon, except I think Aaron Jones is better than Dalvin Cook at this stage in his career or was better than Dalvin Cook. Uh, Let's put it this way. 2020 Aaron Jones is a lot better than 2023 Dalvin Cook. And 2020 Devontae Adams is a lot better than 2023 Garrett Wilson. And the Packers offensive line was a lot better a couple of years ago than the Jets offensive line is now. I don't wish anything bad on Aaron Rodgers in the Jets. I do wish bad for those who now want to look at the Jets and say, finally, Aaron Rodgers has weapons. Finally, Aaron Rodgers has a chance to succeed. I don't know. Those Packers teams were pretty good. I get a little frustrated when people... You know, say, well, Rodgers had no help. Rodgers never had a chance. Man, he had a pretty good in Green Bay. Was it always perfect? No, but it it can't be perfect for 15 straight years. There's going to be down years for the defense, injuries here and there. I I don't know. I don't like people who now go back and revise history and say, Rodgers, the Packers are dysfunctional, never had a chance. Man, that ain't true. Dalvin Cook, Brees Hall, and Garrett Wilson, how is that any better? I don't think it's better at all than Devontae Adams, Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. And a better offensive line. I'd take that Packers team. 608-321-1670. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. My name, Grant Bills. Taking the Bill Michaels show the rest of the way. Mike Clemens going to join us next. Stick around. We're back in three minutes.
Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Still as good as a Nittany Lion they've ever had. Fits that in a tight window for a touchdown. Tyler Davis and Green Bay rest the lead back. Unfortunately, uh, Tyler Davis, that, that's going to be a pretty significant injury. TD, I, you know, my heart hurts for him. He's been a key contributor to our success over the last couple of years, whether it's on teams or carving out a role in our offense. You know, he's a the consummate professional. He's a great teammate, just a great human. We're going to miss him. That's Matt LaFleur talking about the injury of Tyler Davis, who led the Packers in special team snaps last year. I would not have guessed that. Not surprising, but Tyler Davis took a lot of slings and arrows last year for his performance in the pass-catching game. But his impact on special teams, a lot bigger than I remembered. Mike Clemens joining us now. Mike Clemens always brought to you by the Bay Motel in Green Bay. It's quiet, cozy, comfortable, and just a mile from Lambeau Field. That's all the things that I'm looking for when I go to a Packer game. You're in the the bowl with 70,000 people. I'm okay going back to a quiet, cozy hotel room. Perfect for families as well. And the Bay Family Restaurant features home-style cooking seven days a week, not just on game days. So if you're in town visiting, not for a game, maybe you're touring the stadium, still an awesome option to stay. The Bay Motel, 1301 South Military Avenue in Green Bay. You can call today for reservations, 920 494 3441, or you can go online to book baymotelgreenbay.com. Mike Clemens. Mike, I think a lot of Packers fans might have underestimated originally the impact of Tyler Davis, right? Well, if he's the only injury, then then that's not too bad. But Packers love this guy, and they especially love his impact on special teams. No, and going back to a year ago, Grant, you know, I thought Robert Tunyon would still be the guy. Maybe he lost some speed after his torn ACL. Uh, Mercedes Lewis. I, you know, Matt LaFleur, even though the guy is 39 years old, still wanted him back as a blocking tight end, as somebody to train these younger guys. But Tunyon, you know, when Rodgers left, it's like, okay, you know what, I'll just go home to the Chicago Bears because that's where I grew up and I got the opportunity. And, yeah, there's going to be a lot of change going on in Green Bay. And now Mercedes Lewis just signed with him like 10 days ago, sitting at home waiting for the phone to ring. And so then on Friday night, Tyler Davis, who, you know, he – and Josiah DeGuara, actually about the same age, Tyler Davis play, actually played some quarterback in college, got drafted, a late-round draft pick for the Je- Jacksonville Jaguars. Goody picked him up, uh, went on the streets and practice squad and worked him into the team. And I remember one of the first times we were talking about tight ends that Goody can said, to, and then we got TD, of course. Like, TD? Who's TD? Who's TD? <laughs> yeah. You know? It sounds like some sort of all-star, right? Yeah. Some sort of Heisman Trophy winner, some guy on the cover of Wheaties. Tyler Davis? <laughs> now, the GM has always been high on this guy yeah. because he's so versatile. And like you just mentioned, you look it up, the dude was on 81% of the snaps on all special teams last year. They mm-hmm. used him all around. 84 was kind of an under-the-radar guy, smart, hardworking, lives in Atlanta, got a fiancé, Cassidy Hill from the Journal Sentinel did a great feature on him that I found, you know, the other day, just following around how hard the guy works in the offseason. I put it up on my Twitter account, Mike Clemens NFL, if you want to see what this guy has done to to, to survive and get in the NFL. So he catches that touchdown pass you just, just heard from Sean Clifford, and then they, they, they've still got him in there in the third quarter. Okay, so let's let's be realistic now. Who did they have with the first team? 
Luke Musgrave. Yep. Right? The, you know, the, the second-round pick, they wanted to see him and Jordan Love. So if Tyler Davis is still out there in the third quarter, that kind of gives you an idea where he was in their depth chart. But nevertheless, they want him out there to show these other guys, especially how to do the blocking and, and that kind of thing. So he goes out for a little short pass early in the third quarter, gets tackled, comes up limping, and right away knows he's got something wrong with the knee. And then you see him carted off, and you know he's done for the year. And you heard, I mean, maybe he's already done in Green Bay, right? Because you got Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft and the other young guys coming up. And you know, TD is 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 what he is. And you got Josiah DeGora. So we asked Luke Musgrave. You know, the word is six foot six and the speed. You see the potential there. Why is he always the last one out of the building at night during camp here? I just kind of stay late because I got nothing else to do and, and go through uh, either what we have the next day or maybe go two days in advance. I'm just trying to you know, get ahead. How have DeGuara and Davis helped you transition from the college to the NFL? Uh, helped a lot. Um, just they're, they're great guys, uh, great players. I love watching both of them. Um, you can learn a lot from, from those guys that have been in the league a few years. So, so watching both of them. Um, uh, TD's got some great, great stuff that I like watching the uh, run game. Navarro's obviously also great. They're they're great to watch and maybe ask. They're they're really approachable guys. Uh, really thankful for both of them. I'm glad Luke Musgrave has uh, tight ends around him, even if it's just Josiah Deguara, who's you know he's not Mercedes Lewis or Rob Gronkowski, but guys who've been around in this league. Because it seems to me, after watching Friday night, Luke Musgrave has got all the physical tools. He's got the gifts, Mike. He's got the speed and everything the Packers need. He's going to need to become a little bit more polished and become a little bit more well-rounded, and I think he has players and teammates around him who can help him with that. He's really got the speed oh, for yeah. a guy six foot six, and so then the other thing you want him to to do if he's going to become, you know, the next Kelsey, is can he block and and do all the other things that these tight ends are expected. Now, the one thing about they like about this guy NFL pedigree. His father, a quarterback, a coach. Uh, you know, goes it goes through the family. So he's he's an NFL kid. And so we asked him, what's the hardest part about learning tight end for the Packers in the NFL? Blocking is definitely different. Uh, going up against somebody like Preston Smith versus, you know, nothing against like college guys, but they're not they're not as good probably. Um, so so going up against a guy like that or those guys, it's uh, it's different because they're they're fast, they're big, they're physical, they're on you quick. So going up, but it's great. I I, I want to go against those guys. They're making me better than I'm making them. Um, just because, uh, I mean, Preston, what is he, an 11 year guy? He, he's really good. So uh, I'm glad I'm going against them. At times it's frustrating, but it's really good. I think if he's a willing blocker, Mike, I, I think that's really all the Packers. I don't think they're asking him to be the world's best blocker. I don't think they're asking him to be amazing. Just willing in certain sets to get in the way and be good enough. He's going to make his bones running down the middle of the field, helping spread out a defense using his speed. They just need him to be a willing participant as a blocker, right? Yeah, but see, the biggest loss with Tyler Davis is if you're going to utilize Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, that's when Davis was going to be in there, right? And then when you got third down, that's when you put the rookie in to be out there as a target for for Jordan Love. So that's the the thing you're going to have to – and they're, they're going to need more of that then from another rookie, Tucker Craft, the kid out of South Dakota, small town, like 500 people, grew up and lost his father at an early age. And this guy, even though he's a rookie, 
from a small program. He got into that tight end program we've talked about with Greg Olson, the great Bears and Panthers uh, the tight end who's now you know one of the top announcers or analysts in the NFL that uh, they hold in Nashville that you know Mercedes told us about, Tunyon told us about, and he got to hang with guys like George Kittle and Travis Kelsey this spring. Yeah, that's uh, I would love to be at that point. Listening to any of those guys talk, Greg Olson, George, Trav, listening to those guys talk in front of the room, it really, like, like, I know I'm a rookie, but that made me feel like I just started walking yesterday. So like, that's, like, something I'm trying to learn here is conceptual offense, not, not like I said earlier, like lines on a paper. Like, having knowing my rules, and if I see something different on the field, knowing, okay, like now I have this just like that checklist I mean I still don't sometimes I feel like a liability you know I hear a play that I hadn't heard in a long time um and I'm like is that new when did we is this did we did we put this in like today we had like silent snaps and I went out there and like that's when we learned it so yeah but it was it was pretty easy but um it's also just like not panicking just kind of taking a, like, really just locking in on what the quarterback has to say in the huddle. And then you have help out there. I'm out there blocking outside zone. Like, the quarterback gets, or the running back get, gets paid too. He's going to press the gap, come back up. There's, uh, like, I'm outside zone, like, I'm blocking. Like, I also have help from inside the tackle based on the defense shifts, things like that. Like, it's, you, you have a lot, you can always ask people on the field, like, what they have to help break down what you have. Interesting. So Mike Clemens is here joining us. Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave complement each other so well, Mike. That's why I think that the the two tight ends the Packers selected, day two tight ends, Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave. Musgrave is the the classic oversized fast wide receiver who lines up at tight end. And Tucker Craft is the more traditional, doing the more old school tight end duties. I love how these two fit together. Exactly. It's just if you're Matt LaFleur, you wish this was year three, not year not year one yeah but it also means more opportunities for other guys undrafted guys out of nebraska like this austin allen so start looking for 49 when you're watching this game this weekend against the patriots uh i went and talked to him immediately obviously uh, you know with the loss of ty davis you go okay who's next in the death chart so you go to this kid that got a look from the giants and now is with the packers he's i said i had to go back and look at the roster he's six foot eight yeah. He's six foot eight. Yeah. So we talked about you know how this affects him now with Ty Davis out and the and the, the depth in the in the room at tight end. Yeah, I mean it's it's football. Um, it's a contact sport. It's a, and injury rates 100 percent in this game. Um, it's going to happen. Uh, the magnitude that it happened to Tyler kind of sucks. Knocks him out for a while. Um, it's unfortunate, but I mean it's it's another opportunity for me to get more reps. Another opportunity for me to to show these coaches what I can do, and that's all that's all I can do really at this point. It's all anybody can do in training camp is put your best foot forward, handle your own business, and let the let these coaches decide who's going to be where and who's going to get how many reps. But if I get more reps, got to do what I can do and handle my own business. Now that's what's cool about the preseason, Mike, is we're going to see players like Austin Allen have a chance to go out there and perform and to make plays that catch the eyes of the fans and the coaches. Like you told me last week, these joint practices are for players that are firm on the roster. And then these preseason games are more for players like Austin Allen or the, the you know, the, the fourth or fifth tight end, the fourth or fifth guard. These guys just trying to get one opportunity to make the team. 
that the world can see, that yeah. scouts can see. Yeah. So here's a guy that already knows the business, been with the Giants. Right now he's in Green Bay. Who knows where he's next? And he talks about how this opens the door for him in the NFL. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a crazy business. Um, whether you get released, say I get released tomorrow and get picked up by somewhere else tomorrow, that's a whole new playbook. It's just gotta, you got to embrace yourself. you got to submerge, submerge yourself in, in the playbook and do whatever you can. I and mean, this is an opportunity where you get more reps. I just got to submerge myself and, and the opportunity to, to, be, to make myself better on, on a day-in, day-out basis. Um, but, yeah, in, in terms of Tyler going down, I, it couldn't happen to a, I mean, he's such a good teammate, such a positive um, role model for me to have in the tight end room and across this team. It's evident that he loves the game of football and the way he plays and the way he handled himself, but um, just got to do what I can to handle my own business to, to maybe step into his shoes a little bit. That's Austin Allen might have an opportunity at making this roster now, unfortunately, with the injury to Tyler Davis. Mike Clemens is here. Mike, can we take a couple of minute break, come back, and we can continue this discussion next? Sounds good. Heck yeah. All right, let's take a five minute break. Bill Michael's show with Mike Clemens joining us to break down the latest of what's going on in Green Bay uh, as their second preseason game approaches later this week. Five minutes, and we're back with Mike. Ready? This is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Second and goal. Love. Looking. Lofting. Dobbs. Caught. Touchdown. Green Bay. Yeah, I think a game like this, everybody is able to get reps, get in there, and just get a, get a feel for the game. There's a lot of ball in front of us. We'll let these guys battle throughout the course of training camp. And quite frankly, you can never get rest easy in this business. Welcome back. It's the Bill Michaels Show. My name is Grant Bills. Just taking care of the show while Bill travels up to Chippewa Falls. Got a cigar dinner tonight. Mike Clemens is here as my uh, assist man and as our insider to what's going on in Green Bay. Thanks to the Bay Motel in Green Bay for bringing Mike to us. It's a perfect place to stay if you're visiting Green Bay during the season or any time of year. They got family, home-style cooking in the Bay Family Restaurant seven days a week. Bay Motel, 1301 South Military Avenue in Green Bay, Motel Green Bay. Com. That was the highlight from Friday's game was that throw to Dobbs in the end zone. Now, Jordan Love also had a miss. Some folks can't get that miss to Luke Musgrave out of their head. And, Mike, I'm going to be honest, when I saw it, I'm like, ooh, that's that's the running Matt LaFleur's offense part that Jordan Love is going to have to do well this year in order for the Packers to succeed. So one analyst, former quarterback Dan Orlovsky on ESPN, says, yeah, but look what he's doing with his eyes. He's trying to get that safety to move. He's trying to do these other things. And maybe he just needs to just focus on making the throw. So, you know, and then Colin Cowherd goes on Fox Sports yesterday and says everybody's making excuses already for Jordan Love to succeed in Green Bay. He is what I was told throughout the offseason I thought he would be. He's a game manager. There's no special there. You can say what you want about Justin Fields at 5-20. and 20. You see wow all the time. I saw wow this weekend with Anthony Richardson. I don't expect Anthony Richardson to be refined and polished. But if you're still wearing floaties, year four in the pool, you're not Michael Phelps. In fact, maybe swimming's not for you. Uh, that's what I noticed. That, that play, that pass on a third down. In fact, Jordan Love, I know you don't want to hear this, but we have so many smart analytic people, uh, pro football focus, Warren Sharp. Jordan Love had the cleanest preseason pocket of any quarterback Thursday on. He had the least pressure. 
and there's still babies hitting him. I think that was the one to Christian. Yeah, the one to Christian down the sideline. Yeah, you yeah, know, that's one thing. Yeah, we've talked about um, just on my deep ball. Just continue to try and put air on it and give guys a chance. And obviously, that's one thing I was trying to do right there. And I mean, the safety just made a really good play. I think I was trying to hold him as, as much as I can with my eyes. Um, and he covered a lot of ground to make that play. But uh, yeah, I mean, so it's a good one to, you know, go back and learn from and just continue to keep working on that. I don't know if. I buy into the whole they're babysitting him idea, Mike. He took a nice shot to Christian Watson down the field and was spreading the ball around to different targets. Let's maybe not dissect a preseason game and the game plan that went into the preseason so much. I think maybe we're overthinking this. Right. Well, and that's why Colin gets paid the big bucks. In the meantime, Brian Kudigans did the exact same thing that his mentor Ted Thompson did. When they moved on from Brett Favre, what did he do? He elevated his quarterback to better around for, for three years and Aaron Rodgers, and they went into the draft, and he got Brian Brown from Louisville, who sucked, who couldn't even get a snap, a quarterback center exchange going in practice. But then in the seventh round, he took a kid out of Louisville from Tyler, Texas, and I know people down there that saw this guy in high school named Matt Flynn. Average arm, smart, cool, in the pocket, could handle it, and was a pretty good backup. So Sean Clifford the other night uh, – goes 20 for 26 attempts over 200 yards had the one touchdown throw one that went for 47 yards the two picks killed him in his quarterback rating but i talked to him in the locker room after the game and i said you know gee you're in front of your hometown crowd in cincinnati and he said bam i i rarely get rattled in a game even if it's in the nfl I, I never really think about it. As, it's always that one-play mentality for me, whether you're going against Ohio State, Michigan, or the Bengals. You know, it's you got to be able to make plays and just always lean on your teammates because, you know, those are the, those are the talented guys. I'm just trying to get the ball out of my hands so that way I can get to them. So, um, you know, just being on time, making good reads, and being smart with the ball. Mike, a lot of people think that Brian Gutekunst reached by taking Clifford in the fifth round. Heck, Penn State fans were piping up on draft night, being like, why, why are you drafting this guy? He's no good. I can't ask Goody, so I'll ask you, what do you think Goody saw in Sean Clifford that maybe other people didn't that, that caused him to reach and, and to draft this guy in the fifth round? Uh, just from what you saw Friday night, Grant, a guy who can move the football, okay. a guy who can be a field manager, a guy and, and a guy that they interviewed several times and a guy that they said this is a even though he's young, this is a perfect match for Jordan Love. This is a guy that can run our scout team. This is a guy who can help out in the quarterback room when they're putting together tape and he's the same age as your quarterback and he's been playing, you know, all the, all these years at Penn State. He's been active. A guy who's who's not full of confidence right now is the field goal kicker who has to replace Mason Crosby, and the Packers used a six-round pick on him. And Anders Carlson, I mean, he, he'll he kick one 45 yards, and it's good. And, and then the next thing you know, he's missing two point after touchdowns in Cincinnati. And then yesterday it rained, so he had to go inside the Hudson Center. And then they set up, and Pat O'Donnell, the veteran, punter and holder, he sets up, and he looks at the center, and he looks up at Anders like, are you ready? And it's like two or three seconds of, okay, I'm ready snap plant and he missed another PAT and he had the guts to come and talk to me at his locker room and we asked him what's his frustration level right now in being consistent to kick field goals or point afters uh what's my frustration level uh you know I think I think being a kicker it's all about being consistent mentally and physically and uh obviously you want the results to be consistent but you know before the results come you got to be personally uh 
you know, level. Uh, so I think for me, it's all about the consistent mindset. No matter what the results are, uh, whatever it was good or bad, I can't control the past. So it's all about staying level-headed and, and, and approaching the next one with a good mindset. Interesting. I don't know what the outlook is like this year, Mike, for the Packers and their kicking situation. And I told a caller this last night, if this was 2019, 2020, 2021, all in Super Bowl years, probably wouldn't have the same patience with the kicker. But don't you figure the Packers will be a little bit more patient this year in a year where they're kind of starting over with a lot of young guys? That's a good point. It's not a Super Bowl team, right? Yeah. Which is why they might bring back Mason Crosby one more year. That's one thought. But nevertheless, um, you don't want to be losing games just because, you, you know, you, you couldn't kick a field goal. Of Jordan Love gets you in range, and now you lose a game at home because of a 37-yard field goal. And so uh, they're looking for the next Mason Crosby. In between Crosby and Longwell, you know, they had a couple of other kickers in there. There was one guy that was it was 6 of 7 from just the left hash mark, and we asked the, the special teams coordinator then, I think it was Slocum, uh, yeah, what do you think about all these misses your kicker's got from the left hash? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, we're looking at that. And this guy wasn't looking at it. But Rich Bisaccia, he's all over this. I saw him the other day taking a knee and lateraling snaps to the holders, high, low, you know, like a pitcher, you know, outside. Um, so he could see if these guys could react to bad snaps. And I asked uh, Anders Carlson, I said, is it – because you got to go back and forth these two holders? No, no, no. He says, it's me. It's my tempo. I've, if I go too fast into the kick, it goes right. If I go too slow, it goes left. Yeah. So I asked Anders Carlson, what's Rich Bisaccia saying to him right now? Um, he's challenging me the way he should, and uh, he's, <laughs> he's telling me to stick it a day at a time to, you know, to trust the process again. Like, like you said, you know, we're going to have patience with you, and we're going to get you right. So uh, just believe in myself, and that's what I'll do. Well, I trust Rich Bisaccia more than I would have Sean Menenga or Sean Slocum. I guess I, I'll keep a positive attitude towards Anders Carlson for that reason. And his brother took a little while to get going. He struggled with Minnesota. They cut him, and then all of a sudden he finds it out in Oakland slash Vegas, and now he's one of the best kickers in football. Yeah, I, I mean, that's what they're banking on. So it, if, if it, it can be, you know, if, if this kid just thinks he knows what the issue is, and he can work on it and fix on it in practice in camp, then we'll see if he can be ready for September. Now, one guy, you know, I've talked about early in camp, my guy this year, uh, emerging out of nowhere, was number 18, Malik Heath at wide receiver. And I'm still going to stick with him that he's going to find a way onto the roster. But one guy that the other guys up here picked, and, and they were right, is Carrington Valentine. Man, he really started coming on during the OTAs and mini camps. He had another pick six yesterday off of Jordan Love. And so we talked about him making these, you know, deflected passes when he was at Kentucky. And how much does that feel different than making interceptions here at the NFL? Yeah, two different things, you know. Um, and one thing is, you know, picks get you paid here, um, you know. And, you know, PBUs in college, you know, can take you, you know, far. But, you know, picks is the thing, and that's the standard. So, you know, that's my standard. You know, that's, like I said, PBUs are, you know, they're they're good. But, you know, picks is like the home run ball. And, you know, that's what I, I want to, you know, live up to. Mike, I almost wish Carrington Valentine could play safety because the Packers need safeties. At, at corner, they have a lot of bodies. You know, see if Eric Stokes is healthy. But what they really need is safety. I wish Valentine could play there. What if they moved Rasul? Well, well, Mike, now there's an idea. Now we're talking. Yeah, I like that creativity. So in the meantime, 
a guy who's always been fast and talented in a first-round pick, but sometimes immature, who got benched last year. This is now your mentor in the safety room because Adrian Amos never got a call back from these guys, so he signed and went to the Jets. So I talked to Savage yesterday about, geez, you know, you got four or five guys. They started out with Rudy Ford in camp with the ones. Now they're checking in on Jonathan Owens. They've had Traverius Moore in there. They've moved Tariq Carpenter to more of a linebacker, but he's back there. I, I, it's weird to see the Darnell Savage. I said, what, do you have to teach now four or five safeties all looking for that spot next to you at safety? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got to, and I, I, I love being able to do that, you know. Um, it's kind of a different feeling when you know, you know, those guys are looking to you and counting on you to, to get them lined up or to, to help them with certain calls and stuff like that. So uh, I'm excited for the opportunity. Who helped you that first year? <laughs> 31. Yeah. Adrian did. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Maybe that'll help him focus. Maybe his role as, as a little bit of a mentor to younger guys helps him find something in his own game that, that helps him really bounce back after, you know, a year or two where he hasn't been great. Mike, do you have time to hang around for one more segment? You bet. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll wrap up the Bill Michaels Show with Mike Clemens next. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Mark said 54 million, so I'm going to put the gauntlet down now. We have been getting closer to 70 recently, so we want to see the Green Bay Super Bowl get 70 million. Excuse me, pro, sorry, NFL draft. Hey, you just got a Super Bowl. You want to be in it or you want to host it? I'm not sure which one. <laughs> no gives these backsies. It's the Bill Michaels Show. Final couple of minutes with Mike Clemens. Once he said it, Mike, once you put it out there, you can't take it back. That's how it works, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Super Green Bowl. Bay's getting a Super Bowl. Hell yeah. Right. Sure. No problem. <laughs> Thanks, so, Ryan. hey, you know, Goodell, you had that little press conference and then some silly photo opportunity next to some bicycles and all that. It was kind of spoiled by the rain. But then he did come over to the Hudson Center and watch practice for a while. Jair came off the field and and said hello to him. And we asked Christian Watson after practice, what was it like to look across the field and see, you know, Goodell there? Well, I mean, just to have him here, especially for, you know, the event that's taking place, you know, having the draft um, here is going to be super exciting, super cool for all of us. So um, it's, it's definitely exciting seeing him around here and just knowing that, um, you know, we're having an event like that in Green Bay is going to be cool. Having the commission town, the last time he saw Roger Goodell was probably on draft night. Because all those first-round picks or second-round picks come and shake the hand of the commissioner. Maybe not in the second round. Now I can't remember, Mike. I'm not sure. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, now they just had, you know, a, a good run through practice in helmets and pants on Sunday and then in practice in pads yesterday. And now they're getting ready to take on Belichick. The Patriots trucks will be pulling up this afternoon to bring in the equipment. And we got practices open to the public tomorrow and Thursday morning at 1030 against the hoodie and the Patriots, and we asked Watson how these practices went to get ready for this next joint practice session. It was good. I think there was a lot of energy out there. I think that, you know, the past two days we've had a lot of energy out there. Uh, and if we can carry over, you know, that energy and that momentum into, into the Patriots and, and even just our, our momentum from last, last week going against the Bengals, uh, I, think we'll, I think we're in a good place. We've just got to keep on growing and keep on getting better every day. Just practicing to set up the next practice, which sets up the next game. Mike, I appreciate you keeping us in the loop with all this and, and bringing us the latest. And I know we're going to talk later in the week as well after some joint practices with the Patriots. But thanks for the time today and thanks for hanging out. I appreciate you. Thanks, Grant. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah, have an awesome time in Green Bay. Keep us in the loop with whatever you see. We'll talk soon.
Bill will be back tomorrow. He's going to be in Chippewa Falls tonight for a cigar dinner. And I know our Chippewa Falls audience is very vocal. I get a lot of calls from Chippewa Falls. So enjoy Bill tonight if you're headed to the cigar dinner. Thanks for putting up with me for the final hour of the show. If you want more of me, you can always hang out on the Wisco Sports Show tonight. You're going to hear from Arif Hassan, who covers football. Was a pro football network, now doing his own thing at Substack. Going to talk football with him. Always enjoy that. And Brewers in Bed, West Coast trip. I can't wait for tonight. Bill will be back tomorrow at 10. Thanks for joining us today.